Hello Broncos fans and welcome back to Six Again, the officially unofficial Brisbane Broncos NRL podcast, a cursed podcast for a cursed team. <laughs> uh, I'm your host Chase and joining me on the deck as always is my man on the inside, rugby league guru yeah. Mitch Edwards. How yeah. are you bro? I'm I'm great actually. How are you more importantly? Good, good. When we refer to hospital visits, we refer to our, our fearless leader. Oh, He's uh, back on deck. Appendix out, feeling good, feeling great. Yeah, sorry about being a little MIA, guys, but, uh, I mean, it's not like there's been a whole lot to talk about in Broncos land, but, hey, we're here for our Broncos therapy sesh. Feed the boys, give them what they want. Settle in. Get us on Facebook, get us on Twitter, uh, get us at uh, facebook.com slash six again, at Broncos six again on Twitter. Listen to this on SoundCloud, on iTunes if you like it. Share it, send it to your friends, send it, send it to your family. Leave us the five-star reviews and, uh, yeah, let's kick this one off. Well, Mitch, uh, keeping with the uh, common thread of 2020 of the Broncos and their average club mentality, here we are, mid-September, still no coach, still no CEO, and... Uh, the rudderless Titanic sits out in the, in the Atlantic Ocean just Help. waiting for the iceberg. We literally want the iceberg. <laughs> Please, right here up the front, shooting off the flares. Um, I mean, the CEO job seems to be the one they want to fill first, uh, which makes sense. You probably want the CEO to have their hands on who's going to be the coach. coach. Yeah. So uh, interviews took place over the weekend. Um, some interesting stuff press-wise today. Uh Kate Jones, uh, former or current tourism minister. Um, mm. I think she's played a role as minister for sport as sport well. Sport and education previously, I think, yep. or something like that. Um, yeah, apparently interviewed by far and away the best over the weekend. Like, wowzers. Um, well, going mean, from a she's police... She's a polished politician. Yeah, and, but you know that the Broncos board love getting wowed by good interviews. Yes, um, yes, yes, so yes. So you can, you can definitely see what's happened. Um, I mean, it's, it doesn't say that she's going to be walking into the the role but it's very interesting because you know we've come off the back of a, a policeman you know businessman uh into potentially a politician like um, it's, yeah. um that's you know i i actually struggle to believe anything that comes out because it's obviously leaked information mm. um well, it's crew have, mail, so it's bedell bedell and he's got his fingers on carl morris and, and those guys and i am struggling to believe like what the angle is with the Broncos these days, what, you know, what they want us to know. They, you know, it probably doesn't want to look like a one-horse Ben Eichen thing. I still think Ben Eichen's going to get the gig there. Um, and, and nothing against Kate Jones. I mean, she's a very popular politician. Let's get that straight. Like, she's very successful and she's probably one of the better ones. You know, I'm not much of a political fan myself, but um, I've said all along, mate, for me, it doesn't matter what the credentials is. Whoever takes that role needs to understand football and footballers more importantly mm. needs to understand sort of the unspoken laws the unwritten rules of of what it's like to be you know a top a top quality you know a, a, let's say a top 30 player at a at a professional rugby league club because you know there is a lot of things that go on behind closed doors that you'd never know about hear about see uh, so yeah y- y- I, I i think um we need someone who gets football, understands football, and also has a bit of an eye on talent and um, can yeah, can direct the ship in the 
you know, we, well, they're digging us out of this deepest grave that the clubs have yeah, been in. Like so, like, we're literally clinging to the edge of the, you know, that we're getting dirt shoveled in on us, and we're trying to keep our head above ground at the moment. So, sticking um, the straw up, trying to breathe through. I think Kate Jones, someone like Kate Jones, could play a great role for the Broncos with her connections and stuff like that. I just don't think I want her hands on the football department. Hmm. I mean, my wife who has never listened to an episode of Six again. She has never... Great supporter. Has never... Gives us even, a good pep talk most nights we yeah. walk out, though. Fire up, boys. Hurry up and don't wake the baby up. Um, gee, she had some fire in her eyes this afternoon when I told her that Kate Jones was the leading candidate for the CEO mm. role. You know, um, She's dealt with Kate in the past just through some work stuff and said she's a very, very impressive woman, um, You know, very well-connected. Like, if you want money to be brought into whatever she's in charge of, she knows how to get it. So, you know, in terms of the the business side of things, you know, even the way that she could interact with, uh, like, the tourism portfolio, um, you know, even taking the game and the club internationally or into partnerships. Yeah. Very cool. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Right now, where the club is positioned, it is probably great candidate, very wrong time. You know, if the Broncos are flying yeah. and we're not in the midst of a global pandemic, you know, Kate Jones, man, what a great little, like, cherry on top that would be for the Broncos. A female in a, in a lead CEO job, a very competent businesswoman to yeah, kind of just club. to just take them into the stratosphere. Unfortunately, right now, we probably need, just like I said with the coach, we're going to need some guys to get down and dirty and do Roll the some nasty shit. Stuff, yeah. And it's rugby league, baby, and that's what it eventually is going to boil down to. Yes, it's a multi-million dollar business. Ben Eichen probably doesn't know two fucking shits about a business and running a multi-million dollar business. Well, his dad but, knows how to do it dodgily. <laughs> well... For all sakes and purposes, the last thing that we got before we jumped on air was that I can actually got a second interview on Monday. So, despite probably uh, Kate being the leading candidate out of the weekend in, from interviews, I think it's you're right. There is a bit of smoke and mirror stuff there, um, you know, to kind of make it seem like at least it's not yeah. Ben Eichen's shoe in. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that if we if the club's flying and if we're if if we're five years ago and the football department's sort of self-sustaining itself and everything's ticking along you can have a Kate Jones you can have a real flagship sort of CEO but mm. right now we need football people that, that know football and know the club and know how Brisbane Rugby League operates mm. um, yeah to mate we're asystolic we've been pumping we've been trying to keep this heart going for the last 13 weeks and um, you know I don't even think the defib's going to do the job beep 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 just sticking along. Just keep that keep that heart rate monitor on us, you know, for two more weeks for the last bit of the Darius Boyd farewell tour. Um, obviously, uh, this ties directly into uh, no coach uh, as it stands. Jeez, um, every other day it's 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 Kevy, it's it's Green, it's Kevy, it's Green. It's yep. this never-ending kind of seesaw. Um, you know, some funny stuff, <laughs> Alex Glenn. I want a seat at the table. Mate, you're lucky to, to decide, be there. To decide who the next you're coach is going to be. You're lucky to have a contract. Yeah, mate. Like, I, I don't even think Alex Glenn is the captain next year. I think Pat Carrigan takes it full time. Alex Glenn is... If you hadn't... If I hadn't have actually gone back and watched the replay, because I, you know, over the weekend was away and out of phone reception, which is a nightmare when you're trying to manage a super coach team, I'll tell you that. Um, I listened to the Broncos versus Titans game on the radio. Uh, Triple M, 
Mm. Hosted by Ben Dobbin and Gordon Tallis. If you want to talk to yourself further, guys, I recommend listening to that call. Listening to fucking Gordy uh, mouthing off every chance he got. Um, Anyway, watch the replay. And honestly, if, if if I didn't watch the replay, I wouldn't have even known that Alex Glenn had played and there was no fanfare about his return I didn't think either this is the captain of the club um, who's you know overseen the worst on field off field you know in the history of the club like it's, it's the guy he's gone missing when we needed him most you know I understand injuries played a big part in that but to come out and say you know I want to be a big part of where this club's going in the future I don't really know how much of a future Alex Glenn has at the club nah, unfortunately mate, not, a, not a big one I wouldn't think they tried to get rid of him 18 months ago I mean yeah like he was the cleanest dirty shirt when it came to captain options this year as we know like and and I think the worst thing that's happened to Alex is is the fact that um, you know he spent so much time injured and and let's be real Pat Carrigan's done a a stout job all things Mm. considered in that role Um, as far as wanting a seat at the table mate I mean the height of the guy fuck me dead Let's get real about this. We haven't won in a long time. And we've got our captain who's spent most of the year off the park with a fucking cut in his leg saying, I want to be at the table when we select the, select the next coach. Mate, worry about winning football games. Mm. You need to worry about leading the, like, the playing group and not who the coach is, you know what I mean? Because you're part of the problem. You're part of the fucking burning shit heat that is the big problem it's right now it's huge deflection and like the I huge deflection cannot, angle from him like he's, no, I mean he's lucky he hasn't been absolutely mauled by the rugby league media let's say the specialised rugby league media which is Fox Sports I mean I can't believe they haven't tore him to shreds over but you this. know what I mean like he's trying to basically say hey you guys got it wrong last time and that's why things are as bad as they are it's certainly not our fault and our my young playing unit it's not their fault you know they've been mis- yeah, misguided I mean, that's, a, that's a fair point I mean I've, I've done a bit of digging on Alex Glenn the last couple of weeks of, of guys that work at the Broncos and apparently he's a fuckwit like and I mean I don't want to slander into like he said she said but um, the one thing that you probably find the most believable bit that I hear about him is the Alex Glenn you see on camera is nothing like the Alex you know he's very poly, well polished media wise and mm. he puts on the Kiwi accent to hype it up like that is all a show mm. and then it's a very different guy behind closed doors yeah right that's all I want to say it speaks volumes for that th- that story we were hearing maybe a month ago about how clicky that, that club is like in terms yeah. of like it is like a club that is broken off into three big sections like there are and like three you, factions and if you're not in with one, you, you, it's like gangs yeah. within a within a within a, a playing squad of thirty. Like I think, Jesus. fortunately, um, that faction, which you, you know is pretty obvious, the Milfords, the Offengawis, Alex Glenn, that faction. I think the fact that they're all horribly out of form and, and mostly getting shopped around probably takes the majority of power away from that group, though, mm. which is good good for the Broncos. But it it puts the power firmly in in the young firm. But um, asking a lot of those young guys, I don't want <laughs> yeah. to get into that to, yeah. to lead that. So yeah. Um, anyway, as far as he wants a seat at the table, no. Mm. Your thoughts? No. Well, I mean, he can have a seat at the, the kiddies table and and you know have ask, the adults, ask the adults. Yeah, ask the adults <laughs> if he can have some more spring rolls. Can you um, blow on my food to make it less hot? <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other name that uh, has popped up in the last fortnight. Um, I don't know where this is kind of where this story's come come from. Whether it's got any legs to it, but but the Wayne Bennett sticking his nose back in around the club. Um, 
whether it's got any substance to it in terms of like legitimacy uh, in, oh, in it terms does. of it happening but there's no doubt that Wayne's a pretty selfish kind of guy and he would stick his nose in and, and just have a sniff around and see you know who's willing to apologise and say that they're sorry and we'd love to have you back in a coaching yeah, director agree. role or something like that like it's the role been- that you turned down mm. before this shit like this is the one thing when you reflect on this I think there's legs to this I, I definitely think I think Paul Kent's right bang on there you know where whatever's happening with Wayne where there's smoke there's fire you know and, and the real softening from both sides is to like we could get something happening shows that both sides are willing to try and find mm. middle ground. You know, Wayne is the six-time premiership winning coach and blah, 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 blah. Let's not forget this, though. Let's, I mean, Wayne, I only think Wayne could work in the Paul Green sense in that Paul Green is big enough of a coach in his own right to be able to, you know, see the trees for the forest sort of thing when it comes to having someone above him. Mm. Bunny is uh, as a coaching director. I, I think that if if it's Kevy to get the job, you just can't have Wayne there. I think it undermines um, everything that he'd be uh, everything doing. about what we're doing. And 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 if Icons the CEO, it's muddy oh, waters. Shit. You know, like that's muddy muddy waters there. So um, I don't really think. And also the thing that annoys me is uh, out of pride. You know, Wayne wanted to continue coaching the team because he saw the premiership window open. And, and let's be real, he probably would have done a lot better than Seabold did, and not mm. you know cut so many players free but he had the opportunity to coach out and then have Demetrio take over and be the coaching director like he he was given that as an option and that would have been in effect from this year Mm. if I'm not wrong Uh, would have taken like that change would have taken place for this season he would have more years no he had the rest of the first he had one more year to go and he wanted another two or something yeah right but the Broncos offered him at the end of that contract to do the switch over or maybe it was one and then switch like they met him halfway anyway the irony is the irony is that he turned it down and we're in this position and now he wants to come back and I just think like and and mate and I'm second guessing myself just like I don't want to have a it's hard to put my foot down and have a really clear decisive opinion on this because with what's going on it's hard to to say this is what we need to do but with the Wayne thing, I just think that we've got to we've got to move past it. Definitely, I think it's a huge backward step if we. I if think we we've just got to move on from it. One, the soap opera that is the Brisbane Broncos does not need Wayne Bennett back in the fold, especially with Iken with the foot in the door, ready to take over the CEO role. We don't need an internal family fucking bickering session going yeah. on. We do not need that shit flinging internally anymore. Um, second of all, I. I totally agree. I don't think that Wayne could ever have his hands off the football team, as in physically on, on the grass. Hey, it's not working out with Kevy. Just let me get back in there and I'll do yeah, the man, job. I just do Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays and you look after yeah. the rest. It's just, and he's a politician as much as he doesn't want to. And uh, and part three, my greatest fear is that if, if Wayne comes back into the fold, um, something will happen like... Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna extend Darius by another twelve months. Oh. We need leadership in this group, and and you know, I just think that I can probably get the best out of him for twelve more months. No. I can honestly, I'd have nightmares about that exact presser happening. About you know, Wayne's return to Brisbane. Darius extends one more year. He's got a kid on the way. He's got bills to pay. You know, it's, it's not just, we need, oh, we need yuck, 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 you yuck. know, I'm willing to go deeper into the hole than have to deal with that. Yeah. That's that's pretty much says it all. For oh, me. Man, I'm willing like, to go deeper into the hole than have to do. Like with I that. said, both coach and CEO 
are up for are in for a real fight here for for not just yep. this off season, not just into next year. Like it's going to be a tough road it's, back. It's 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 you know I don't expect to start seeing. Look at the Titans. I mean, I I think Holbrook's done a really amicable job this year to mm. turn what he's got there, and and it shows you the, the traction you get. But as much press as the Titans are getting, they're still running twelve. Yeah, exactly. You know. They're just doing better than what was expected. He's getting something out of that squad. And now, you know, they've made some big plays in the market. So by all intents and purposes, the club's coming forward. But for as good as he's done in one year, they're still missing finals. Yeah. You know, they're just starting to, to gel now, though. So, so flash forward so, to Broncos 2021. Yeah, so that's the sort of year we're looking at next year is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, Lockyer. Um, yeah. Well, Lockyer has earmarked that mid-October is when uh, they'd like to have positions filled uh, for you know, coach and CEO. CEO, I think, is going to happen within the next two weeks, um, but uh, coach by mid-October. Um, I mean, the, yeah, longer, I the, the longer it goes, it, yeah. it does feel like they're, they're letting the, you know, the heat come off so then they can fuck something else up and you know, the hit, there won't be as much backlash because they're not front of, yeah. you know, front of paper. Um, but you know that does tie in then. So you've got these timelines where it's CEO in a couple of weeks, it's it's gets coach in a month, and then contracts. Kind of the the contract year is November for a lot it, of these. It guys. leaves a lot of stuff late for me. I mean, the big thing is we're going to finish a year and go pretty much straight back into preparation for for twenty twenty one. In that November one is 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 uh, traditionally the start of of preseason. Um, so you know, with the compressed calendar, there's going to be a really short break this mm. year, and then straight back into it for. For majority of the squad, considering they haven't played, they're just going to continue on. You're working off the assumption that we'll be back on deck March next year. I fully believe that the NRL, like I think they've shown that they, regardless of the external issues, I think that the season will run to plan money, next money, year. Money. The season will run to plan. The, the the TV deal will run to plan. There's all the protocols in place. We've ironed it all out, and the added bonuses will be crowds, access, and how the world looks in six months' mm. time. And the RLPA, like, fuck, don't get me wrong, they are greedy as like these players wanted their money and they got paid. And yeah, but, and, and we'll so be they'll be back. Into they'll be back. It. Into we'll be straight back, back into it. Um, the there's eight players currently off contract as of November. And that's yep. what I mean, like about this timeline is that, yeah, it is leaving it a lot late, but, you know, obviously all of these boxes need to be ticked off because if you are not contracted as of November, well, mate, you can come to training, but you ain't getting paid, you know, like yeah. it's, this is the reality for uh, Isaac Luke, uh, Vidogo, Ben Teo, Sean O'Sullivan, Reese Kennedy, Richie Kenner, Jordan Kahu, and Jamil Hopawati. Nothing jumps off the page there. Um, no as like pressing matters that need to be addressed yeah go for yeah, easy come easy go on all of them yeah I mean because you know there's one glaring yeah, one that's missing up there and that is David Fafita Jr uh, yeah. who was on that list and uh, we managed to completely stuff that up, that up. Um, one guy who uh, since we've been MIA on the podcast who's had a bit of a change of fortune and will be on deck as of November will be uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., who had the uh, the wits to go and lawyer up about yeah. his breach notice that was issued to him from the Broncos, not specifically the one from the NRL, but the one from the Broncos, uh, and basically went at them for uh, unlawful dismissal. The Broncos, Smart. I think the Broncos were testing it out to see whether they could get away with it. And the Broncos have, you know, <laughs> the nuts have sucked up inside their stomach and they're, um, they've had to basically 
give him a bit of a right act, being like, okay, well, now we're putting it in writing as to what the conditions of you staying on as a Brisbane Bronco are. They had to do the fluff stuff with Lockyer being like, he's a good young man and his church is closed down and he's that's why he's you know mixing with the wrong characters and all the rest of it. Spare me. Yeah. Please actually spare me. <laughs> because now the right act, as it reads, is basically get a job, lose some weight, come back fit, and, and, it's and, so, don't, and stay off social media and stay out of trouble. It's so broad. The, you know, there's no actual... I mean, unless they haven't released the KPI to us, return in good shape. What is good shape? Return you know, in. like... Um, I, I think we're in such a bad place with the Tavita thing. I think the fact that he's not coming back this year is good. That press is gone. That's, been, you know, you know that is 15 fucking diuretic shits ago in what is this big smelly <laughs> season, you know, like, and we, it, it, as far as any sort of great hope for the team goes next year is new coach gets a hold of him. He feels loved. He performs, mm. at, you know, at a level that we need something from him. I mean, oh. I, I'm literally, that's the straws I'm willing to clutch at. We're clutching at straws. And, and like, I mean, like the fact that this even made the run sheet, you know, is it's it's funny because it's such it is such a it's a distant thought now the fact that yeah. hey like you know we're talking preseason and and Tavita is going to be there like you're right he's, 100% that shit's gone down the sewer it's gone to the treatment plant it's yep. back we just drank that shit out. again yep. Yep. it's filtered out so um, we're back into it Tavita Pengai Broncos 2021 a battling side I mean is Tavita Pengai going to come back this change? I'm not sure Tavita's like, the guy for a battling side. I think Tavita's, you know, better placed in a side that's running downhill. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that his mentality is ever going to be good enough for a team that's in the bottom 50 of the competition. I think that he wants to be on the on that big cruise liner that's just coasting and, and sort of just, you know, add add the flair here and there with, with everyone else doing the hard work. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, th- I, I, I fear that, I think that Paul, you know, and when I look at the coaches, I think Paul Green probably gets more out of TPJ than, um, than, than say, Kev, because I think you look at what Paul Green did with Tamalolo, and he can, he's got a track record with a guy that was good, probably showed a bit more consistency than Tavita at this point, but, you know, formed him into a player that had set protocol, do X, Y, Z per game. So I think Paul Green gets more out of him, but, you know... That's just my gut feeling. Yeah. I mean, bring on the preseason, honestly. Like, we are. We are, mate. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to clutch at any more straws there? <laughs> Actually, I want to go back to those eight guys. And, and question without notice, if you had to select four of those to stay, who would you pick? Four of the eight. Vadogo, uh, young talent. Nothing to lose. He'd be on a base contract. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Tio can get in the bin. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of fun. And, like, it's clutch. Like, it's... It's desperation stakes. And you'll see it again this weekend. He's been asked to play front row this week. Like, I think that's what I like about the Bentu thing. He's just knuckled down to his job. But and has he done on. anything other than be on the field? Like, I feel like there's, yeah, there's nothing, like, nothing. Okay. The, the one name that you, will probably shock you is, is Reese Kennedy. Um, yep. Getting value out of him at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he had in him the games that he's given us the last two weeks yep um, I mean if you think back to the, the last three weeks since we've done a pod um, you know three losses obviously club record nine consecutive losses but you know an embarrassing loss to the Roosters brave against the Panthers mm. and I mean attack was limp as against the versus the Titans but you know there were flashes and you know there's a lot of the 
same old guys doing the same things, dragging us forward. But out of the the, the embers, you know, is is Reese Kennedy kind of showing a bit of something? Very limited minutes, trying, but like yeah. he's at least trying and growing you know yeah. like it looks like there's progression in his hey, game you um, have this on you like you look at what he's doing compared to Joe and you think well fuck so for me it's Vidogo it's Kennedy it's Richie Kenner yep and it's Jamil Hopawati I thought that would be the way you go I guess my only thing there is um, O'Sullivan and Tio have a small bit of value I mean I'm willing to toss Kahu straight in the bin and Isaac Luke as well yeah, um, yeah, but I probably tend to agree there then I guess the thing for me is I, oh no, I won't I won't hijack that. We'll we'll come to the Russell later. I still think we need some experience or something. We need something. Andrew McCulloch is going to be a Bronco in twenty twenty one. Yeah, but he's not going to be ready to play at the start of the year. Mm. So again, um, the the, the, the burden know, will and rest he's on. He's still not the best hooker at the club. Like we still need experience, something whether it's an experienced centre. You know, we'll get to Benji and Kieran Foran later. I guess so. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to ask put that out there see where you're at well for a team that is absolutely on the slide um, post Seabold uh, with Peter Gentle in charge I mean have you seen any difference like is there is there anything to say that or have um, we come so they, far down they, the Seabold look, path that there's no way they, to correct they look less unsure of themselves if that makes sense hmm. um, they look like they've had the pressure taken off them in that but it's it's it's, it's culminating in a lot of mistakes still on field. I think that the biggest uh, criticism I still have is they're only willing to go to a certain level depending on how much they respect their opposition. So you turn up for the Panthers, like if you turn up like you did for the Panthers against the Titans and probably show a bit more respect to the game and be prepared to grind with them a bit more, the result may be a bit different because, you know, I didn't see an awful team on the field. I saw a lot of mistakes. I saw a team that just slowly kept losing grip and, and was unwilling to stay in the arm wrestle, which was quite kind of upsetting. I mean, in all honesty, what it looked like against the Titans was a team, a bad team, versus a team that's making strides forward. And it truly, like, it was pretty evident from pretty early on that that was just, there's a a gap. the way it is. The Titans are settled. uh, Jamal Fogarty, you know, Holbrook's doing a good job there. They they have a game plan. They have have a system that is working for them. And and I think that they've toughed it out through the ups and downs of where Holbrook's trying to take them. And and they see belief, you know, because they're starting to get results. Mm. Still running 12th, but to their credit, they're they're winning games they should, which is a big thing. I want to give Peter Gentle some admiration because, you know, he he had the the guts to come out and say, listen, we've we've completely changed everything we're doing at training. We're literally just defending under fatigue, keeping it real simple, dumbing it right back to them, change the content, few different systems, but just simplifying it. Like, it is just nuts and bolts, nothing. Like, I'm not Mm. giving them anything more to think about than just run hard tackle hard and I commend him for that because I think that's what a lot of people wanted to hear but it is an absolute you know kick in the guts for Seabold being like hey Mr. 4D chess like it was too much like you've you've absolutely time, confused mate. the shit out of these fucking peanuts that are trying to play a pretty simple game um the round that was round 18 like we said Titans 18 Broncos 6 only Broncos try came after 7 minutes um Stale, stale in attack, um, but it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't unexpected. I don't know, like it didn't hurt. Like I, again, you, yeah, you, numb soft, to the pain. You softened to it, but, numb to the pain. But uh, you know, we're running out of games uh, to avoid this spoon. And I've earmarked the um, 
the Cowboys game. As I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to see something in that last round. So anything. Look at that optimist. Yeah, I mean, I think that if there's any game that you know we have we we have the potential to be in, it's it's the last one at home against the Cowboys. Two pretty awful teams going at it. <laughs> oh man! Like I I fully expect the Eels to touch us up this weekend. If that's where if that's you know. If the eels, well, I mean, it's a great, it's a great barometer for the eels because if, if they're serious, they need to get their shit together as well. So, um, as far as the game of the weekend went, yeah, I mean, I gotta be perfectly honest. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, mm. I was busy on Saturday night, and I did not want to. You know, that's where I'm at with this. I, I'm numb to the pain. I, I watched them, and I really enjoyed the couple of weeks, um, the Panthers game and the Cronulla game. I really did enjoy those two weeks. I, um, but it's just hard week in week out. I thought. I've given my opinion on it. I just thought that, you know, we weren't... As much as we simplified things, we're not willing to try and really play that grind for grind, like complete the set, kick the ball. Like, I, I you know, it's simple in that, okay, we're trying to defend well, but if you really want to simplify football, get to the fifth tackle, kick well. Yeah. Get um, to the t- to fifth tackle, kick well. Put them under pressure, sustain pressure, see if you can get anything out of it. You, can, you know, speak on end about bad luck and, and the curse of, of this year for the club, but reality check is that the sum of our parts is very poor when you actually oh. put that seven those 17 men or, and any 13 of them at any one time on the field at, at any one time they're not a good football side anymore I agree you know three of the four players in the spine are subpar and the other ones played 10 games of football there's, there's no plan to the attack either you don't watch them and say oh they're working to a plan here it's just like let's try anything well I mean it it, it reeks of what you know the Cowboys were doing late in Thurston's career where he just he was everything he wanted his hands on the ball for everything and there was just nothing, nothing doing you can see Tom Dearden is being put in that position already where he's touching he's putting his hands on the ball so often and I, I mean it's great I'm sure that there's growth in there I hope we're not doing him irreparable damage mm. um, by throwing him into that position but you know when you've got three out of your four spine players that you know are just passengers you have Boyd Luke and, and Sean O'Sullivan unfortunately offer us near nothing they're just position holders and you've got this young man that you're being asked to do everything it's it's pretty tough defensively the mentality and I've I cannot tell you how many times I've said that I think this is a fitness thing but they just sit on their heels I don't know whether it's just this this Mentality they've got as a defensive unit that they don't have to move up as a line, mm. but they're so happy to sit back on their heels and just watch it. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know whether the outside backs or you know basically everything outside that middle channel. I don't know whether they just don't know how to identify how they need to defend together. Whether it is you know up and in or up and slide, but they often get caught doing neither. Yeah. Or they come up like a. There's no defensive system like, in place. Like I mean, if thing like if if they're not able to identify it, just pick one on a Tuesday and say yeah. this week we're going up and in yeah, and we all do it every time just line speed just, just get up get in yeah. get in cut them off and just keep doing it and that way no one gets confused because at the moment you look out across the line and they're like an arrowhead yeah. Stags shoots out leaves his poor fucking Winger. man inside him yeah. and man outside him with huge gaping gaps next to him yeah. um, and on the other side you know Corey Oates again hit and miss like the guy is just thinks he's out there defending by himself like just comes tearing out of nowhere and there's no communication with the guys next to him so yeah it's hard bad discipline poor defense poor line speed um you know the ceilings are so high for this team they're just not frequent enough and the floors 
are so so, so low and yep. happen far too often. It's and like that is skull dragging yourself across the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. And the one thing I was looking forward to, and I have been looking forward to this for two weeks, is that you know remember that the game against the Sharks where mm. we're we're in it and we're on at the edge of our seats, being like, this is Tom Deard and Katoni Staggs and David Fafita's moment to just take this game and just win it. Ever since then. Alex Glenn's come back into the team. He's taken that right edge spot for feeder now, plays on the other side, and we just look limp as. Yeah, mate. Um, I mean, we spoke about it at the time. People will remember. If if you want that to work, you need three options at all times. You need Fafita and Stags in motion. And then it Boyd at the put, back. It will put the defence in two minds, mm. and we've gone away from that. I think. I think the biggest thing is it was working for us and Alex Glenn traditionally has played left edge his whole career mm. so I actually don't know what's up there is like and like, what is it like was it like oh he can only play with Milford or something is it like what what is there something yeah exactly with, like, is there something with O'Sullivan and Glenn that doesn't work or yeah well I mean, yeah because Milford and, and Glenn did work once upon a time on that on that left edge so um, I don't know what's going on there but again I, I don't want to give too much of my energy worrying about it <laughs> yeah I, I um I've got three names here for Shane Perry Shield points. They are Tom Deard and Katoni Staggs and Reese Kennedy. Um, I'll, work three, out, two and one. I'll work out whether who gets the three, two, one when I uh, post them up tomorrow. But those three guys, especially Katoni Staggs, I mean, every time he gets his hands on the ball, he is ferocious. Yeah. Um, and very much the same in defense. He's a ferocious defender, but he just has got fucking not enough brain cells in his between his ears to, to make the right decisions often enough. Like, yeah. Let's give him a bit of a wrap, though. He's scored some of the best... While we've been offline, some of the Katoni oh, yeah. Stags highlights reels uh, uh, are impressive. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> he backed if, up that if, one if on you, you and Aiken. You and Aiken, like you and Aiken, is a low center of gravity guy too. With Josh Mansour, two of the strongest outside backs. To be fair, definitely top top twenty five percent of like strength, you know, strength for endurance oh, kind Josh of outside Mansour backs. Would pride himself on being yeah. like their gym guy, and he got ragdoll and I'm sure he's copying it so um, yeah really awesome to watch so little shout out there it's, it's been a a tiny tiny like enjoyable thing and what's a really shit time for us all do you think Tony Staggs is going to get one of those centre spots for New South Wales uh, yeah look I think if Freddie was serious he'd he'd play him I think um, obviously Trebojevic we said this off air you, you know you said Turbo's coming back because he he doesn't want to miss out, especially on the payday, because I'm sure that little sixty grand close to Christmas would be nice. Um, yeah, I think that if I think that if Freddie's serious, so he picks him. Yeah, I think that him and Jack White and a pretty strong, formidable centres for New South Wales. Um, yeah, like he. I mean, why not? If you're picking on form, he has to, doesn't mm-hmm. he? That's mate, how good's Origin? I mean, for a guy that doesn't really like Origin. You know, I think it's probably because the fact that I'm pumped. It's end you of year. You got something to look forward to, um, and it no longer affects the Broncos' schedule. Three games in three weeks. It yeah, could there's be something to it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a future thing. Imagine the underdog Queenslanders. Yeah, you know, doing it. If you like, I think the best thing for Queensland is we have some real talent still in there, but our depth is nowhere near. Oh yeah, we're two injuries away from yeah. picking some real. Mozambique getting another. Ju- yeah, so. <laughs> um, well, only two more Broncos games before uh, finals footy, and then we can actually just kick back and en- enjoy a uh, weekend of football without uh, 90 minutes or 80 minutes of suffering. Um, next one's against the Eels on Friday night back at Bank West. Last time that we were there was a 58-0 drubbing. Uh, yep. So some uh, nightmares for a few players, I dare say, coming into that clash. 
Eels have been far from convincing. They were yeah, the, pretty the cemented in that top four. Wheels have fallen off the wagon. But two, so I'm thinking back to a fortnight ago, they've just come off the back of a 14-0 win over Melbourne, uh, yep. under strength Melbourne. Um, they've the scraped home last week against the Warriors and got absolutely raped by the the Bunnies a fortnight ago. Yeah. So their campaign is on tender hooks. But well, I mean, this game I'm not going to lie, right back into form. This could play them back into form, but the reality is, I think um, I think Canberra firming up to try and take that spot off them in the four. I mean, at the time of the Melbourne game. Parramatta were convincingly second and, and they've slipped to fourth and it's changed the context of the finals really because it puts Melbourne and Sydney pretty much guaranteed to face off week one so mm. it sort of disadvantages Penrith in a way I think that I think that Penrith get through easily but then they, they face one of those two in week yeah, three because so that means that they can if Roosters and Melbourne play week one it means they can find themselves the winner themselves of that again. game is going to the grand final I promise you yep. the opposition they come up against will not be up to it but Penrith has to play the loser of that game then, whereas it looked like Penrith got a free crack at Sydney City first. Um, As in like a yeah. free swing, and worst case scenario, yeah. you, you have to you come have to back go around a long yeah. way. Yeah, you, I mean, I think I mean I, I'd said maybe uh, six weeks ago that I thought that the top four was pretty solid. It was the Panthers, it was Melbourne, it was Sydney, and it was the Eels. But I think yeah, pretty clearly now that that's Canberra's spot, and they are lifting at the right time of year. They've got the right. Team the right for it, you know, yeah. they kind of worked it out. The Eels, mate, they're still just perpetual Guthersons, you know, like this yeah. second tier, you know. It's just I just, I think, that, you know, the thing with the Eels is, I think they've, I mean, I, I do think they'll beat us this weekend, not as convincingly as fifty-eight nil, but I think they'll beat us. Um, I just think the Eels never really popped off, or they never hit their height. They won all the games they should have, mm. uh, and. I think that it took a lot of their energy to keep doing that, and I, I think I don't think they've got another gear. I've been waiting for it all year, and, it, and I just don't think it's there for the Eels. Mm. And like I mean, they're not aggressive enough. They're not they're not freelance enough. Brad Arthur's got them playing well and competing well, but for their, the size of their forward pack, they they don't aggress enough. And their you know stars are underperforming. Mitchell Moses is. I don't know what's happened to him, but he's Sivo, passing three Ferguson, before the line. Moses. Oh, look, is like, only a downhill scare, mate. He he does not look for anything coming out of trouble. He he does not want any tough work. Um, obviously, huge uh, news today uh, in both uh, Broncos Broncos land and Supercoach land. Obviously, with Payne Haas uh, given a week off. It's not an injury. It's just a, a week with family. Yep. What does that tell you? I mean, we're two weeks away from them being free. And uh, I need to give our. Hey, he's got our, his grieving brother thing yeah, going on. Yeah, so. I mean it's tough times, yeah. but that's yeah, that's where we're at. Like the scene, yeah, it's, it's so it's far not, gone. But it's not worth risking a guy like Payne Haas. He's he formulates so much of the hope that we can cling on to for next year that I'm just like, you know what? Like, Go look after your mental health. Go him, look after your family. Lodge, flags, you know, please all be fresh next year. Um, and the other one was that Sean O'Sullivan was officially dropped. Like he was in the reserve kit. Uh, this morning at training, um, Brody Croft recalled, um, and uh, 30 minutes into training, Brody Croft is basically stretched off with concussion. Yeah. Um, so, so off, so on the nose was Sean O'Sullivan that this afternoon uh, Tyson Gamble gets named in the six. So that oh, says it all. I mean, like Tyson Gamble, he's a Q Cup specialist. Um, well, I think it just shows where that team's at, though. It's it's Dearden's team, so. Hmm, I mean, it doesn't matter who's playing second fiddle to him. I think Brody would have been a nice option just for the fact that he knows the NRL and is probably a bit more stable. But 
doesn't bother me. The O'Sullivan thing, I'll put my hand up. I, I thought O'Sullivan had a bit more in him, but the lack of game time seems to have really fucking... And, and the fact that the team is doing nothing is probably a lot for he a kid like I him. i tell you what, he did not go looking for work. He did not. Like, I don't know whether he just got worked over defensively and the game speed was a bit much for him and he was a bit... He was blowing a bit because he never actively sought yeah. out ball. He was always it, waiting. Yeah. He was always waiting for you know the, the ball to just positionally find its way away from Tom Dearden or him to get tackled or whatever it was. And yeah. he was just forced into a fifth tackle option or something like that. That's the only time he ever saw ball. Um... Reese Kennedy also cops a one-week suspension. So, uh, from top to bottom, Boyd, Oates, Staggs, Farnworth, Kenner, Gamble, Dearden. And how's this for the front? I thought we'd already reached the bottoms, the bottom of, like, despair for what a front-row pairing could look like. But how's this for a combo? Joe, Offerhen, Goway, and mm. Ben Teo. <laughs> With Isaac Luke. Marron. That is some nasty shit right there. David Fafita, Alex Glenn, Pat Carrigan, Bench, Pakes, Hopawate, Xavier Coates, and Ethan Bullimore. Um, they're going to be up against it, I tell you that. Like, it is yeah, going to be yeah. tough, tough work. The Pushing eels, diarrhea uphill, mate, that one. <laughs> the Eels will, will want to find some points. They will want to find their way back into form. form. Yeah. And this is this primed for the taking. There is absolutely not one part of me they can give Broncos fans a glimmer of hope. No. A win would be a freaking miracle. Yep. And right now, I think everyone should just be, you know... looking for dear life. <laughs> looking for the little things, the little wins. Hope you know. the Bulldogs continue to lose, for God's sake. <laughs> um, let's get some fan questions, hey? Yep, ready to go. Hit me with the first one. Jamie Ma, Benji or Foran? I mean, this sounds like this, this could be a, a super coach draft podcast and it's coming in late in the year and we're you know picking up some, some scraps. scraps for for a prelim with all the players dead in the water um, for me it's it's neither um, yeah, I, I don't think either of these guys has got enough left in the tank to offer us anything unless it is on absolute base money which I don't think either of them are, are, are that open to at this point in their career, especially not Foran. Foran still thinks... He wants money, yeah. He's got dollar signs in his eyes. Um, I mean, the the Benji Broncos experience was great. I, you know, thoroughly enjoyed that back then and was so, like, you know, really sorry to see him go. Um, I don't... That's four years ago now. I know, Three that's years ago, distant memory. Yeah. I just don't... I don't... I think there's... I think there's other... I think there's other directions we can go. I don't think bringing either of these guys in is going to offer us enough upside. What do you reckon? Uh, if I had to pick one to be foreign on the right money, I think that um, I think I saw enough. The biggest thing with Kieran is he's fucking injury prone. Like, and the thing that you have to like realize at some point in time is some guys are just injury prone. So I'm of the belief that it is neither for myself as well. I'd rather continue with Milford, and that's saying something. <laughs> but you know, I think that. Benji's defense is a real worry in a team that already leaks points. I think that Foran is a good defender. Mm. And I also think that, you know, in behind the fact that it's Dearden's team, I actually think that the way Kieran Foran plays, he can actually offer something on the left edge. Like, he's a left edge half. And I really genuinely think he can offer something there and his experience and, you know, get guys, like, direct guys around the field well for us. So, if I had to pick one, it's definitely Foran. Um, but oh, his injury it problems are a worry. And, and if we're paying more than 250 for him, I'm not interested. Mate, bang on. That's it. Kieran Foran. Definitely He's... take him like say let's say Kieran Foran's to come for two fifty. I'm willing to take that risk and, and wrap him in cotton like, you know, don't injure yourself, just 
get your left edge, like ask of them what you need them to do. He because Kieran Foran is a gun. Yes. Straight up. And you see flashes of it all the time with, with the, the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. But, but he is being basically asked to generate every bit of attacking play for them. Yeah. You know, he's got a great kicking game. Because Lachlan Lewis is, you know, thank hey, thank you, Lachlan, for keeping the Brisbane Broncos out of a wooden spoon spot yeah. because, you know, he is awful. Just stale, mate. He is. Thanks. Lewis family. Still doing it for the Broncos all these years mm. later. Um, Michael, not a Riani. Give Big Papa a blank check. Him, Payne, and a fit lodge. Unstoppable forward pack. Sorry to break it to you, Michael. But, he signed uh, for Josh three Papali years. Josh has extended with the Raiders as of this afternoon. So. And look, mate, to be fair, I mean, he's a he's a good player, but I, I don't think that he has the impact at Brisbane. I think he's, a, he's just... It, it works for him at Canberra, and I just don't think that... It's the same at Brisbane, and, and you tie yourself into a forward pack, mate, you become the Cowboys, and that's our issue. And you've said it in the question there, fullback is such a problem for us, and that's where we need to be looking as a club. So uh, I don't think I need to add anything more to that. Mm. I mean, yeah. I t- we spoke all at the top of the show about who, like, wh- what angle the club goes at when they release stories, and but honestly, who writes some of the shit out there where, like, Josh Papali's homesick and wants to come back to Brisbane and all the yeah. rest of it? Within I mean, by all da- means, he'll end up back in Brisbane after his career. Yeah. Within four days, Broncos. extended. Yeah, um, yeah, fullback. That is a big problem. Uh, Matt Coulters, are you as disgusted in Fafita being in the team as I am? No, mate. No. Uh, in- um, Matt, enjoy these last two games because it's going to hurt watching him next year. Um, if you think that giving a young player an opportunity to play a bit more first grade... Uh, in that role, I mean, the only person that's going to fit slot in there is going to be uh, Jordan Ricky if he's not suspended, or uh, Ethan Bullimore. And at the moment, uh, Ricky's obviously suspended still. Um, and Ethan Bullimore, yeah, he's just not he's up not, to it. He's, he's not getting. He's not. Get, there's no. It. There is nothing that he's going to get gain from these last two games that he's not going to be able to make up for when his time is right. Right now, David Fafita, you know, you know exactly. Enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it for what. We will look back on as a really great young player who scored some wicked tries for us. He'll be on highlight reels for, you know, forever and a day. You know what? And in three years' time, he might be just spinning his car around and heading straight back up the M1. We can you know? So hope. let's not let's not burn the bridge uh, to the point of no return, sort of thing. Um, Aaron Sullivan, Corey Oates won't start again in 2020. True or false? Oh man. I mean, I, I do rate Xavier Coates as the future option on the wing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richie Kenner. Oh, jeez, like, he's impressed me. Like, that's a low bar, but, you know, he's done, he's doing things that I didn't think he was capable of doing in the last, you know, half the year sort of thing. Um, but Corey Oates, far out. Uh, I thought against the Panthers, he was actually pretty good. Um, like, I had safe hands. This was, this was his comeback game, safe yeah. hands. The, the defense wasn't a suspect, but man, it all come crashing back down to earth with that Titans game. He's. I think um, Corey Oates was probably a bit burnt by the Seabold thing. I think he was one of the guys that really didn't gel with Seabold, mm. and I think that Cavi or Paul Green. I, you know, I think you'll see. I think you'll see serviceable amount of work from him in the future. Do but you, for this year, I don't care. Like, do you foresee? Because obviously on the weekend he he plays. You know, first half on the wing that brings Xavier Coates on and he moves into second row. Is that, that. Man, that can't be a viable option moving forward. I think I think I think that him and Xavier Coates need to be the wingers next year. Um, 
Yeah, Richie Kenner needs to be back in cup and, and be but there when a needed. a solid backup option because he has p- performed amicably for us. Um, you know, unless we play Farnworth as our fullback, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. But uh, you know, Coates, uh, you know, Stags and Farnworth in the centres, and you got those two on the wings, and then someone at fullback. I think that's our strongest backline. So I think that I, I genuinely think that you know, if it is to be Kevin, and that's the way I still think it will go. I think he gets the best out of Corey Oates. I think he gets him performing again. It'd be nice to see a Corey Oates a la the White Wendell back in full so flight. Two scoring tall wingers, two big options both sides. Scoring Fantastic. some first tries at yeah. Suncorp Stadium with fans packing it out. Like, fuck, that'd be... Mate, that, that we would, all want it. That'd be the stuff that, you know, brings you back in time. You'd be like, man, it's all going to be all right. Yeah. It's all going to be all right. Um, fam, uh, why is Payne Haas constantly being set up for fourth and fifth tackle plays instead of running full pelt and an isolated halfback to barge over the line. Not being used to his full potential, we need to be smarter in attack, identify weaknesses and exploit that with our strengths. It's not happening right now. It's just give it to Stags and Fafita and see what they can do or kick it to Coates. Man, I wish we did more of that. I wish we were doing more of Stags, Fafita and Coates. Um, well, we've got no creativity. I mean, to start with, um, you know, Payne Haas is a tough middle forward. So he doesn't, like... The good thing about Payne Haas is he's not being like an Andrew Fafita and straying out of position. He plays in the middle, so it's rare for him to be isolated, you know, halfback on 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 him, because um, that's meant for for the David Fafitas and or Alex Glens. You know, you isolate your your second rower to to a halfback. But, but I know what he's getting at. He's, he's mate, yeah, about big time. A- I think the biggest thing that we've gone away from. Sorry to cut you off there is. When we were playing well, say 2017, 2018, coming short of grand final appearances. We were sort of, um, we had a bit of creativity around nine, you call it like a nine split, two props running into gaps at the line and, and sort of create some confusion, face ball across to the second prop, worked for us a lot, we just have no creativity out of nine at the moment. Well look at what uh, Asafa Solomona and Jesse Bromwich were able to oh, do, look what Tapao and Adam Fanil Blake yeah, are able to do, absolutely. that's guys that are willing to, to work in take the ball, work together, come up this is in good ball positions this mm. is 10 metres out from the line you know identifying when they're they're really crunching in on you using the goalposts to your advantage yeah, things like that but what we're doing with Payne Haas at the moment is is asking him to to basically go at 80% for 80 minutes mm. and, and I mean it's great for super coaches mate because they're getting their work rate out there and they're getting the, the points but none of them are you're right Quay, uh, it's like none of these are at 100%. Like there's there's none of those barnstorming runs where he's pushing oh, off the back fence. Yeah. You know, especially... There's some runs he takes where you're just like, dude, unbelievable. He's still busting the line through the middle. I, I get what you're saying though, but he's got no support there at the moment. Would you play, Would you stuff. ever consider no. that Payne Haas is a 60-minute prop and that's his, that's his role? Yeah, I would. That's week. how I'd want to be playing him. Yeah. Look at all the forwards there. Like you can't... I You can't have that many good forwards and, and then still leave Payne Haas out there for 70 minutes and be like oh well, got all this quality in the shed you need the other guys to develop and, and add a one-two punch in there yeah. so I, yeah it's mate I'll, I agree with you we're not playing anywhere near our potential We've, but we we have no creativity outside of Dearden yeah. at the moment whatsoever and I think that you know a fit Lodge fit Haas Turpin a settled team you can start to develop your game around the middle like what we used to do with say Josh Maguire and Corey Parker but we're a long way from any of that and unfortunately we need him to get us upfield at the moment because the other guys aren't doing it yeah and yeah like fourth and fifth tackle plays yeah I mean whatever that that is 
That's his role. He's there. Like he's un- taking two hit ups a set. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he can't take the third and the fifth. Like he's going to have to take the first one and then the the fourth, fourth one. one. That's what he does. Um, yeah. I mean, back just on the the combo, and you know, we look at the the front row pairing for this week and Joff and Galloway and Ben Teo, and you just like almost laugh. You just cannot believe this is how far we've come. But, you just beg that Joff and Galloway actually goes to the Dragons. Oh, I'm begging. Anthony Griffin there licking his side. lips over his 2008 yeah, yeah. Toyota Cup side that he took to a grand final oh. he's there oh Joe come back come back baby yeah. I'm gonna give, get Josh Maguire here too okay. <laughs> man cool man look out Dragons fans you're in for a you're ride a wild ride um, wild ride yeah I, I, the Matt Lodge thing I think a lot of Broncos fans I mean it's not it's not a name on the front of like people's lips a lot but this is a guy that won the Shane Perry Shield two years ago uh, he's like, at his best one of the best props in the competition at the start of this year we were talking about him and Payne Haas being the props for New South Wales like that is the yeah. combination that and that was the expectation like that was the the, 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 the benchmark of where we thought these guys were yeah. going to go Matt Lodge played injured a lot of this year um, I would love to see him back in even close to the capacity we've seen him in the last two years. He's still a young man. Um, Along with Tavita Pangai, his mate, Mm. his best mate. Yeah, big time. Fire it up. Big time. Um, Um, Andrew Jowett, which player should be taking our fourth tackle? Last couple of weeks seem to be a slow play the ball on the fourth, giving the halves a tough kick without go forward. I reckon a lot of this has to do with the service out of dummy half too. Like, it's not all on the... This, you know, the play the ball speed. We're like, yeah, we're in a real tough spot with Isaac Luke. Like, again, he's being asked to do something that's well beyond him at this point. He's a, yep. he's a guy that's really on the back end, and the game is beyond him. And the the service matches it, especially later in the game. Um, who do you like in any? I mean, is, there, is there a, like, there's, there's no, no set, set template as to what? Well, take I mean, him. if you look at the good teams, mainly the Roosters and Melbourne. They'll go middle, middle, you know, left edge, straight to the right edge, keep punching holes. But they've also added so many subtle variations, which is an inside ball option to both edge attacks. I mean, we're playing... I mean, Andrew, we're rudderless. There's no... You watch our sets and there's no structure to it. It's just like, fuck, who wants the ball and who's going to run it up? You know, like, there's no pushing up in numbers. There's no players taking the ball on the advantage line. It's, it is a fucking dog's breakfast, mate. So who should be taking the ta- you know a fourth tackle well ideally you work over to an edge on the fourth and then you swing it to the other edge i mean you've but you've got to formulate a game plan that suits your team i mean we're a middle centric team so if we're if we're like half serious about what we're trying to do we've got a really fit front row in pain house we should be getting some fucking width off the ruck we should be doing two passes middle carries and playing up on the advantage line with some confidence but we're so fucking far from that like at the moment where should we be playing on the fourth i don't know mate Anywhere, it should be a total team awareness that on the fourth tackle, get the fucking ball up and play it quickly, yeah. so that you don't put your halfback, your only shining light, under so much pressure that he gets hammered every single time. Big time. Like that's that's not a who should be taking it. It should be that everyone should be able to take that hit up, and everyone should be able to find yeah, their front where get you up, end up on the field. Um, Kyle Owen, top three things we are missing. I know each game gives us a bunch of things to address at the moment, but if you had to boil it down to just three things to fix, what would they be? Defense is the number one thing. Like, is he talking about like player wise? Oh man, I, I think I know what they are for me. I think one is leadership. I think a leader in 
some fashion, whether it is someone that we bring in or whether it is we just need to find someone, whether it is Pat Carrigan into next year and a, you know, with a year under his belt and a team that wants to actually get behind him and brings the team together instead of splitting it into factions. You know, that for me is, is one. Second is a star in the spine, something, whether it is in nine, six or one to, to complement Tom Dearden. I think we need a star in one of those positions. Um, and the last one is just a reset button. Like, honestly, like the ability to fucking memory erase this year and hope that we haven't done so much damage to this squad. Because at the moment, it looks like it looks like we could honestly hit delete team and pick a handful of them and try and rebuild around them. Yeah. But it's not happening. Next year, a lot of these guys are going to be back again. And we need to have short, you know, we need to have short memories and like yeah. get the fuck over it because yeah. that's the three things I think we need is yeah I tend to agree and I mean, I mean a lot of that you know leadership ties in with defense you know yeah, like yeah. It's, there's, there's plenty yeah but of- I, I agree I, one thing I was going to say is like on your start thing I was going to say we need a second point of attack a second consistent point of attack whether it's a 5-8 or a fullback um, but if I had to identify it position wise we need a fullback of people available right now the person I'd be going for is Scott Drinkwater Mm-hmm. having a fucking awful time at the Cowboys, but I genuinely think he can make something of himself in the right team, uh, and he's a genuine fullback. Mm. Um, with all the skills. With all the skills, and uh, and he's up to the job. Um, and I think we need a, a, a really seasoned, experienced second row. We need a forward that can stay on the field for 80 minutes and and lead by example. You know, you're not going to get a Boyd corner, but I'm talking the Boyd corner mold. I've spoken about the Tyson Frizzell contract before, that's what I'm talking about. We need someone to plan in that spot. You know, Ben Teo's been fun, but he's been out of rugby league for a long time. I mean, you, you need a really seasoned back rower that can demand respect and doesn't even have to be in the prime of their career anymore. And I'm, I don't even think Matt Gillette can do the job because I don't think he was that much of a leader mm. on field. Um, so really tough one to find. Like I'm talking like a Gavin Cooper style player. Yeah, you know, it's not Tavita. It's not Alex Glenn. You know, you need um, someone who everyone can rally around and listen to and respect in that sense. So that's the kind of player I'm talking about. Um, Mitch, there's not many of those out there. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, that's, yeah. That's, what was that, two? Have I got two Is it Kev Proctor? I think he just re-signed with the Titans today as well. <laughs> so um, newsflash, you know that's that's where my head's at with all that kind of stuff, though. So fullback, experience, you know, experienced back row, and maybe a really experienced middle forward that can just plug a stint for, you know, twenty minutes while Pat Carrigan goes off. Hmm. It's you know, and or or experienced centre. So there you go. That's my three. And a really experienced centre, back rower, and a fullback. And ideally... And that's where I want the experience, though. People who are on the field for 80 minutes. And I don't think any of these players we need to overspend on. I don't think... No, no, no. Like, pick up someone real fucking cheap. Like, just someone that has enough character, that has all the right um, ethos about them, that is going to turn this club into a professional unit that actually goes out and does a job and does it proud and... Doesn't embarrass himself. Is doesn't have to be a world beater, but is solid, consistent, maybe tough, tougher in defence than he has more to offer in attack, and that the kids can get around. That's it. Cool. All right, uh, Damien, will the new coach have enough students to drop players that don't perform? Unlike the myth of a coach we've had for the past two years. Uh, well, mean, he's, there's not a. I mean, mate, the unfortunate for me, the unfortunate issue is the depth isn't enough to be able to. Like, you have to drop people that aren't performing, but yeah. 
at the same time, you know, mate, their confidence is fucking all over the place. And I think whoever we start the year with need to be given some time and chances to, like, dig, dig themselves out of the hole. I mean, if the, the, the glaring, you know, uh, mistakes of the past two years are Darius Boyd and, and Andrew McCulloch and, you know, an out-of-form Milford and things like that, those things will... will be corrected you know mm. Darius Boyd in two weeks time will we'll fly off into the sunset and you know we hope that that's the start of maybe you know a, a bit of a breath of, breath of fresh air around the club you know we talk about the white anting kind of mentality that Darius seems to operate with and and I you know you, you see it more so than ever when we, we do go over for a try at the moment very rarely you know and it's come off the hands of Darius a few times where he slipped in nicely into the old sweep play and the, the player goes over, and instead of running over to, to celebrate with the try scorer, he turns around and throws his hands in the air back at the crowd like he's like, you know, give me the I credit that. for that one. That was me. Told you. And it also shows just how, I think, isolated. I mean, as much as little things work for Darius and sometimes it comes off, everything I hear is the young playing squad is fucking off guys like Darius Boyd and they're off Joe off and Gowie and guys that keep getting picked and like literally can't get themselves up to the modern standard yeah so if you if you just uh, you know the benefit of the doubt will be that a lot of these problems will fix themselves you know uh, Anthony Milford's a huge question mark yeah obviously there's no I mean I think Kevy gets the best out of him yeah yeah I, I think Kevy can get him back to his best but Dan Smith on Facebook Darius Boyd farewell next week will it be the car crash we think it all and this that's the Cowboys game isn't it oh, mate, I mate I, I genuinely hope that it's like I hope we win but do you think they'll I do like some I primitive think, like COVID masks no, I don't something think so. like that like, I, I think I think the lack of respect he gets shown will be a pretty fitting tribute to how the club feels about it and how we all feel about it. There'll be no, like, on the There's field. no... I mean, by now, like, let's be real, when, when Corey Parker left and when Sam Thado was retiring, the shirts were already released to buy at the merch store. But they're... I mean, well, they're so bad. They're begging you to buy the current shit as it is and they're not going to go do a shirt for him. And that, I think I think everyone... I think even Darius knows that his popularity is not there to get that kind of reception so he's the most unself-aware guy in the country potentially so who knows I mean he'll he'll talk about it like he could have kept going and he retired at his peak but you're like keep that Wayne story going get me back Uh, last one Ed Clark why do we do it to ourselves that's a good question mate we've never been in this position before and uh, a lot of people are enjoying watching us be here so hard yeah and why do we do it to ourselves I don't know hey uh, thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast we we wouldn't do it if it wasn't for like the very you know select group of legends that keep piling back every Good week on you guys and we do love it um just uh yeah keep on listening guys we'll be back soon enough and uh <laughs> committing to next week see you boys <laughs>